day. Welcome to Let's Talk on Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Mr. Talk, in the house. That's right, y'all. It's Monday. <laughs> Start of a new week for some of you, huh? A new work week anyway. <laughs> so, all right. We do apologize for not being on the air Friday, but, of course, you know, family comes first. But we're here today. That's all that matters. All right, so. We got a song of the day for you. We got a quote of the day for you. Uh, we got some interesting topics we're going to talk about. And uh, we're just going to have a two hours and some change of conversation. <laughs> Sounds like a great thing to me. All right, in the chat room, I want to welcome Dubu1, guest 935, and guest 949. Thank you all for joining us today. I'm glad to see you here. <laughs> all right, so. You know, we have certain things we do before we get started. Um, one of the few things I want to do first is tell you how you can be a part of the show. Yeah, I think that's important. Don't you think so? I do, because I like hearing what you have to say. I like your comments. The easiest way is just call me. That's all you got to do. Call me, 347-838-8622. Simple, easy. That's it. All right. The second way, you should always shoot me an email at Talk. Talk at gmail.com and you can also join us in the chat room at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Mr. Talk okay those are all the ways you can participate on the show and I look forward to hearing from each and every one of you Uh, let's see what else we got going on (laughs) like I said we got quotes of the day for you we got songs of the day Man, we got a whole lot of stuff planned today. I don't know we're going to get through it all, but we sure going to try. We are sure going to try. Um, Just, let's see, before we get to the song of the day, here's a couple of things that I found interesting. Florida. Yeah, the Sunshine State. Uh-huh. Well, shacking is now legal in the state of Florida. <laughs> as of last Wednesday. Yeah, as of last Wednesday. Uh, apparently there was a hundred there had been a hundred and forty year old law against unwed couples living together. Well not no more, Florida, so you don't have to worry about it. They're not gonna come put you in jail. <laughs> Man. But check this out. The crime of cohabitating unmarried couples was hardly ever enforced, but according to the letter of the law, it was a second degree misdemeanor punishable by up to a year in jail or a three hundred dollar fine. Wow. <laughs> but here's the, here's the very interesting part of, of it. Because of the way the ban was worded, it did not apply to same-sex couples, only opposite-sex couples. So, even though it was unlawful to shack up in the state of Florida, if you was a same-sex couple, you were all right. <laughs> oh, Lord. Well... Since Florida has now made it legal and okay for shacking, there's only two states, yeah, two states that still has laws on the book prohibiting shacking. That's Michigan and Mississippi. You know, Mississippi always got laws that. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So, shacking is now legal in the state of Florida. So, if you, ladies, if you want to, you know, hang out and give up the milk. For free, go right ahead. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. That was so wrong. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, so um, 
that is that. <laughs> I just I I found that very interesting. I had to re put that on the air because that was just crazy. Shacking is now legal. Like anyone really was not paying attention to it. Um, but it is what it is. So unless you live in Mississippi or Michigan, all right, it's all right to live together without being married. Okay, just so you know. <laughs> just so you know. Um, let's see. Oh man, we got a lot. You know what I'm gonna do right now? I'm gonna give you the song, the 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 the, the quote of the day. No, I'm gonna do the song of the day first. Then we gonna come back and do the quote of the day, and then we gonna go and get into our topics because we have a lot to discuss. And I know all of them are gonna bring some discussion, which is great, 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 great. I'm I'm not trying to say it's not good, but. Anyway, so without further ado, y'all, here is your song of the day, Cameo, and Word Up.
you need to stoke that fire. Put some some wood up in there. Put some books up in there. Get your mind back to rolling. <laughs> I'm not calling anyone in particular out, but I'm just saying. You know, some of us need to stoke them fires. Rekindle them. Yeah. All right. So that was your quote of the day. Um, whew. Now, it's time to get on with the get on. That's what I'm talking about. Y'all notice I, I went through that kind of fast. But if y'all want to talk about the quote, we can do that too, okay? Um, <laughs> have no problem with that. Um, once again, if you want to be on the show, uh, the easiest way to do it, just call me, 347-838-8622. Email me, ericlesstalk at gmail.com. And don't forget the chat room, www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Mr. Talk. All right, since we have that out of the way, let's start off the week with the bang, huh? Cuba Gooding Jr. says it's important to use the word, the N-word, on TV. Y'all know I don't use the word, so even when I'm not on the air, I don't use the word, so I'm not going to start using it now. But anyway, Cuba Gooding Jr. explains why it's important for actors to use the N-word. Um, he says, absolutely, I think it's important. Our job as artists is to reflect the ills of society sometimes and to find a truth in that. I think you can't start the healing process until you recognize the truth and all its ugly warts and all. Um, and last year, actor Terrence Howard, y'all know him, the guy on um, Empire, yeah, when none of the black men have, <laughs> I don't know how many people realize it. None of the black men on that show have a, a a a decent relationship with a black woman. That that's just crazy. But anyway, last year Terrence Howard, you know, said, um, "Why is TV showing something different in the from the reality of the world? Why is there a thing called censorship that stops people from hearing everyday talk? We use." N-I-G-G-A every day. It's become part of a conversation. Why aren't we using it in the show? Now, see, he says something right there that I, 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 I have an issue with right there. We use the word every day. So, you know, instead of using it every day, how about we not use it every day? How about we make a, a conscious effort to not say the freaking word. Yeah, I know some of y'all, yeah, it's a difference and you can't say it and if you don't you say it, you don't say it, you going you giving it power. Whatever. Whatever, y'all. Yeah, you know, I I I'm just gonna say it. Whatever. That's hogwash, okay? I don't think it should be said uh in the streets, in your house, definitely not on television or on radio or what have you. I really don't think it should be said. But as long as, as it's continued to be pushed, that it should be said, it's never going to go away. But you get mad when somebody else call you that, right? Hmm. Well, talking about being hypocritical. Oh, Mr. Talk, well, that's two different things. No, it's not. It's the same thing. Oh, it's a badge of love. No, it's not. It's not no badge of love. But, you know, that's that's what they want to say. They want the N-word to be used on television. And I guess why not? They use everything else. You know, speaking of that show Empire, am I the only one who noticed that about the black men and their relationship with the black women on that show? 
There's no positive relationship whatsoever. How, but nobody seems to care about that. You care about all that other nonsense, which is basically stereotypical bull crap. But, hey, it, you got people watching, right? They, they give up their, their Wednesday nights to watch it. I think some people give up their children they had to, to go and watch that dang old mess. No, I don't watch it, okay? <laughs> I don't watch it. <laughs> uh, I see what they put on the, the, the what you call it. No, I can't, I can't tell that fib. I watched it one time. Well, maybe two times. Because I couldn't believe what I saw the first time. So I watched it the second time to confirm what I saw the first time. Yeah, so it is raggedy. It really is. It's raggedy. But it is what it is. It is what it is. You know, it's it's entertainment, right? It's entertainment. Okay, so, but it's bull crap is what it is. Um, and to me, it's just more stereotypical, like I mentioned, just mentioned before, stereotypical bull crap that just needs to go away. All right, so, John Legend has a new 10-episode series called Underground. Underground, <laughs> and it stars this cute little girl. She's cute. She's cute. She's cute. And uh, Legend is the executive producer, and it follows the life of a group of slaves who are attempting to escape from a Georgia plantation through the Underground Railroad. All right. Now, John Legend says. That he did this because we should confront our history, and he wants the series to be used as a catalyst for inspiration. That's what the man said. Um, and here's to the whole statement: I think we, I think we have to confront our history. We have to understand it and how it relates to what's happening in the world now. So when we talk about the issues of race and how we interact with each other in this country, we can't talk about American history. We can't talk about how this country was built, and we can't talk about the politics of this country without understanding that so much of our history involves slavery. Okay? That's what he said, and that's why he made this ten um, episode, this ten episode, this series. Um, I watched it, and honestly, it's nothing different from from. I, I'm sorry, y'all. You know, uh, once you see one slave show, you see them all basically, because they're, they're basically the same thing. How many series or, or, or books or whatever can you do about about slavery? That's not that's gonna change anything, huh? We can't talk about American history. We can't talk about how this country was built. We can't talk about the politics of this country without understanding that so much of our history involves slavery. Well, here's a news flash. A lot of us understand that it involved slavery. A lot of us understand uh, who built the country. A lot of us understand. Those aren't the ones you need to worry about. It's the ones that don't want to understand. Those are the ones. And by them looking at that, that, that it's not going to change anything. It's not going to change because they don't want to change. <laughs> Status quo. Right now, talk about politics of this country. Politics. Look at the political uh, mess you got going on right now. 
they trying to derail their own. Now, just think about that. If they're trying to get they get rid of their own, what what really? And what making a movie about slavery is gonna do? Not a dang gone thing. <sighs> but they say want to talk, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever. <laughs> so he went on to say, though it may be uncomfortable for some viewers to view the pain and oppression of slavery. Legend argued that the show isn't just about that. Instead, he wants the series to be used as a catalyst for inspiration, as I said before. I don't get any inspiration out of it. What inspiration am I going to get? The only thing it's going to do is pee me off. That's right. It's going to make me mad <laughs> all over again. You know, that's like when Roots first came out. You know, I was in high school. And the only thing I wanted to do was go and find somebody and bust their head open. You know, I'm older now, so I understand you can't do that. But that still doesn't reach deep inside of you and just turn something. You know what I mean? Just turn something. But, yeah. Um, He went on to say, when you think of the depth of oppression and the depths of the evil that these folks face, and they decided to do something that was against the odds anyway, we can apply that to anything that we are going through today. It's not nearly as oppressive now, see, I don't know what he's talking about, but we're still fighting for justice in America, and we can take courage from their courage. We can be inspired by their heroism. It's not nearly as oppressive now. I don't know where he, well, he's not out there I guess he ain't watching all these folk getting shot up, so I guess it's not that important. It's not as bad for him. But if you're living in in the real world, it's still oppressive as ever. It's just a different way. It's just a different way. Yeah. <laughs> we can be inspired by their heroes. Okay. All right. Yeah, right. So anyway, if you want to check that out, it comes on WGN, I think on Wednesday nights at what, 9 o'clock Central, I think it is? Hey, I'm not watching it. One slavery movie is, is a whole, this is a slavery movie, slavery movie. Um, <laughs> I know, I shouldn't be talking like that, but I'm I'm serious, man. How many slavery movies can you watch? I don't care what you make it about, it's the same thing. A bunch of black folk, I'm, I'm trying to say this, the best way I can. A bunch of black folk going, yes, sir. Yes, sir, master. Then you got the one that, that, that that's over the, the, the other blacks, and they all trying to get away. Then you got the slave hunters out there. They find them, bring them back. They get whipped, chop toes off, chop <laughs> I, I I'm sorry. No, I, I, I don't. I, I don't know. No, 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 no. But as I say, don't you know? You may feel different. You may feel that it is necessary for um, shows like this to be on television. Um, you know. So hey, let me know what you think. I, I'm I'm open. I'm open. You know. Let me know what you think. Yeah, I I, I want to hear about it anyway. Um, and moving right along. <laughs> I found an article the other day that said we absolutely can't could give reparations to black people. Now, <laughs> this is very interesting, right? You know, because um, it is beginning to 
people are beginning to talk reparations again. And when I know we've had all kind of conversations on that. And I I don't know how I feel about reparations. I don't. And and this article has some 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 ways of doing it, but I want to know what you think about it because it's it's very interesting. But here's some of the, the, the main ideas of the article. Um of course, every year since 1989, Representative John Carriers, a Democrat from Michigan, all right, has um, induced the Commission to Study Reparation Proposal for African, for African Americans Act, um, H.R. 40. Now, every year, he he's done this since 1989. And every year, the bill, the bill has stalled. It hasn't gone anywhere. Nothing. Now, you know, the bill didn't say that we're going to give reparations, all right? It didn't require that. Only thing it called for is for comprehensive research into the nature and financial impact of African enslavement. That's all it said. That's all he, he, he was trying to do. Get it started, you know? Get the conversation started. But, of course, them same people that have been up there forever, they're they not trying to hear that. Um, it went on to say, a study say 59% of black Americans favor reparations. That ain't no joke. 63% um, favor targeted education and job training programs. What do y'all think about that? And here's something that really wasn't a big shock. 6% of white Americans support cash payments to descendants of enslaved Africans. Yeah. Here's another one. Nineteen percent favor reparation in the form of education and job programs. And fifty percent of whites do not believe slavery is one of the reasons why black Americans have lower levels of wealth. <sighs> that that was just the main the main points of the of the article, okay? Um <laughs> here it is. Now, I'm going to tell you what what uh, the the options were. Now they're working on it, okay? Um, they understand that reparations going to cost a lot of money. They know that, and right now, you know, uh, they figured it in 2014. So we're about 3.5 trillion dollars, a little bit more. Yeah, for now that's counting two thousand and and fourteen. Okay, um, this is how uh, one of the guys that 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 did the study. Let me find his name. Make sure I pronounce his name correctly. Um, William Doherty. Yeah, that's his name, William Doherty. Okay, he came up with this this plan here uh, for reparations and. Where is it? I just had it. Okay, here it is. Here's how the money would be paid out. And uh, once I get into saying this, the lines will be open, and y'all can, you know, come on and let me know what you think about what I've talked about so far, because I got more to talk about. But anyway, um, we could divvy it up among eligible black Americans. Okay, but reparations advocates propose a more institution-based approach. 
Now, Darity suggests that financial payments be divided between individual recipients and a variety of endowments set up to develop the economic strength of the black community. Okay, he's basing his model off of Germans, Germany's restitution payments to both the victims of the Holocaust and to Israel. Um, the advantage of individual payments, Miller notes, is that the that they maximize autonomy, but much of that money would land back in the white-dominated economy, and the one percent would become one percenter. Now, I agree with that one hundred percent. So I'm not for just giving money. I, I, I'm sorry because that's not going to do nothing. If you give them a bunch of money, they'd be poor by the end of the year. Yeah, majority. I say ninety percent. So <laughs> then what? <laughs> um. Yeah, then what? That, so I, I agree with that 100%. Um, let's see. You could set, have a trust fund that was set up to finance higher education, or another to create great opportunities for opening one owns business, and so forth and so on. Um, what else? What, what else? I had it right here somewhere. But anyway, you know, they came up with some, some ways of doing it. Okay, and here's who would be, how can I put it, um, eligible. All right, there's two specific requirements for eligibility to receive a payment. First, at least 10 years before the onset of a reparations program, an individual must have self-identified on a census form or other formal document as black, African-American, colored, or Negro. Second, each individual must provide proof of an ancestor who was enslaved in the United States. Um, <laughs> Derrida has also created a bill of particulars, including such specific grievances as the extended history of government-sanctioned segregation and other forms of racial oppression in the Jim Crow era, post-World War II public policies, that were designed to provide upward mobility for Americans, but in practice did not include black people, such as the GI Bill. Redlining, which made home ownership a possibility for white people while shutting out black folks. Ongoing discrimination against and associated denigration of black lives. Okay, so that's it right there. So what y'all feel about that? Uh, should we still be talking about uh, uh, reparations? And if so, which would be better? Which would be better for the reparations? Would it be better to uh, take the reparations and, and I guess you say, invest in the black community um, instead of just making it a cash payout? How y'all feel about that? Um, I, I, I really want to know because it's it's interesting, for sure. I, I think it's better off, basically, it will be better off doing something else. I'm, I'm not really for the, the, the cash thing. And, you know, uh, another issue here is that you must prove that at least one ancestor, at least one ancestor was slave. Now, you know, in the black in the black community, it's, it, that may be one of the hardest things in the world to do. 
And the reason why I'm saying saying that is because we know a lot of our elders that have gone on, they took that with them. You know, if if you know, they took it with them. Just that simple. So if you get the the how can I say doing your genealogy or your family tree, and you get stuck somewhere, you just don't know, right? I mean, who can really afford to um <laughs> do a go to what is ancestry dot com and pay all that money? Yeah. So that that may be an issue in itself. It, it really is. Um, this other guy, Jim. No, what the what's his name? Miller. His name is Miller. He a professor. I know. I got this, y'all. I got this. Uh, it. Anyway, here's another um, way they figured you can pay it out. Um, that reparations funded program must be fully accessible to and controlled by members of the black community. Unless institutions exist that are controlled by and accountable to the community, then the community will always be dominated or prone to domination by others. Yeah. So, how well can we put the money at? How many black banks are there? And can we trust them? <laughs> you know, can we trust? That That's another thing. But, yeah, it, it's very interesting. And this this is a, a long, long thing. But should we get reparations? Is, is reparations still something that is is needed, necessary? And will it, will it do any good? Huh? Will it do any good? What y'all think about that? Phone lines are open, 347-838-8622. Talk to me, y'all. I want to know what you're thinking um, because this is, you're talking reparations. Now, we know some farmers did receive some funds. It wasn't much, but they did receive something. But I don't think they had anything to do as far as reparations. Well, I know it didn't have anything to do with reparations from um, slavery and things like that. It was just something uh, with their farmland. Uh, but Anyway, anyway, lines open. Okay, I got, I got one. I got one. Okay, because I'm finna say I got more to talk about now. <laughs> so let me bring him in here. All right, area code two zero nine. Welcome to the show. Who do I have here? Hello, Mister Talk. It's Freddie. Hello, Freddie. How are you? I'm good. Well, first, <laughs> what Cooper Gooding, good. Uh-huh. What Cooper Gooding Jr. said um, about the N word. Um. And this is something that I've been checked on, but I think that uh, Cooper Gooding he needs to check himself because even though he's eh, he's a slightly little bit older than me, but not old enough to be an elder of mine. Excuse me, mm. um, but but he he needs to check himself because um, we have to listen to the people younger than me. We have to listen to ideas. Or we have we or we're only given a so set of uh, wise and practical ideas to work from, and he needs to really think of uh, what he's saying because we get and you're right we get nothing but slave history, and um, that's all we know, but that's pretty typical. So he needs to sit he needs he needs to check himself on that because that that that's that's completely absurd. Secondly, in reparations. Um, Lump sums, 
Yeah, that'd go right back. That whole Dave Chappelle little comedy skit, that's so true. That would we we'd spend it right back. It would go right back to the dominant society. Having lump sums, we need to figure out where we're gonna put the money first because we don't really have a bank and those banks are other than, you know, like Chase, Navy Federal and if you're in the military, um you know, right. uh the Bank of America, that's where all the money would go. But I, I can see people Take advantage of it. And the last thing I want to say, if they did that tomorrow, the same thing that happened to so-called uh, Native Americans would happen to us, or so-called those, those $5 Indians. Mm-hmm. The, uh, they, <laughs> people would be forging documents, and people that did not identify as black would be like, oh, I'm black now. Where's my money? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. You see a lot of after you keep you see a lot of South Africans and North Africans going, oh, um, I'm from Africa and I got a little. Can I have some to check too? No, so I'm I'm real uh, reluctant on that. You know, Freddie, I, I agree with you 100 percent in everything you just said, and I, I I'm I'm definitely against the, the lump sum because we already know what happened. God damn, like like we both said, you know, it'd be put right back into the the, the economy. It won't even stay in the, in uh, the black community thirty seconds probably, <laughs> you know. So no, but we have to. I mean, we have to do something. We have to find some some type of uh, uh, way to make it work. Of course, you know, this is just banner because they, they won't even discuss it in in Congress, you know, so, but I think if, see, this is the hard part about it because you can say, well, you know, we can take it in and, and you know, set up job training programs and so forth and so on, but then you, you're confronted with where are the jobs? <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Where are the jobs? Um. Ah, wow, this is just one of those situations where it would take it's gonna take some work. You know, uh you just just cannot say, Well, here's it, here's your reparations, here it is, do what you want to 'cause that that'd be defeating the purpose. Um, but the question is what what would we do? How could we do anything about it? You know? Well I think that as far as putting the money we have a bank that we trust, um Kind of like, don't go the whole, it, okay, I bank with Navy Federal because I have, I'm, I'm in the Navy, but they're, they are not owned by any outside institution. The Navy, they own that bank. That's a community-ran bank. They're their little community, our community, right? Right, right. If we're going to have a bank, We it needs to be, like, owned by the people, meaning we are the stockholders or shareholders, a credit union. Not a bank, a credit union, I, I think, is by, owned by union people. So that would be the first step I think that would be good to do in uh, to just to put the money somewhere that we all know we can go to. You know, not not, not nothing owned by, like, Rockefeller, Chase, P. Morgan, me. No. Um, and then we can – and then who who do we know that we employ? Not anyone else employs. That's the biggest thing, just because there's a black face. Someone that we employ to uh-huh. handle our needs that we know. 
and they're, <laughs> and they're not employed. They're and they're not employed by any other people. Because mm. we put them there, you know, that'd be the first step. That's the first step. Ah. Ah. I don't know, Freddie. <laughs> I don't know, Freddie. I'm sitting here, my mind is just turning right now. I'm like, ah, I don't know. I don't know, Freddie. I, th- you know, I think. Well, we can't do that because you got to have the money to do that first. I say build our own banks. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Just build our own. But then again, you have to have money in the land to do that. So once again, you're back at the beginning of what do you do? Because I mean, because if, like you you mentioned the, the credit unions, you know, but the credit unions are still run by somebody else, not us. And uh, I don't know how much you can trust the credit unions either. You know, I I've been in a couple of them and I haven't had great experiences with those, so. I don't know, Freddie, but that is a, a, a start, as you said. That is a start. That is a start. Um, maybe we can come up with some uh, uh, financial classes or education, you know, to help help with the, the, the spending of the money. But I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's just hard to figure out right now, and I think that's part of the problem. Everybody's yelling reparation, reparation, but nobody is, is sitting down to trying to figure out how would it be paid out, you know, how, how, <laughs> let alone talk about how much. Um, I don't know. I don't know, Freddie. I guess we've got to keep keep pushing on, keep digging. We'll come up with it, right? May not uh, be my life. <laughs> Maybe not in mind. I mean, it. I think it is a start. You know, I mean, I know there's somebody out there. They might even be listening. They're like a who, an accountant or a financial analyst somewhere. Some guy, Jamaican descent and Nigerian, whatever. Someone knows how to do it. We just don't know who they are yet. I know they're there. They're gonna mm-hmm. find them. And maybe they don't do. They might even be a Black American. They don't have to be black American, um, but you can. I mean, we could. You know, it's just ideas, but I mean, we could. Because the more you think about it, the more you're like, wait a minute, no, that may not work. Let's try this. Uh, yeah, so. <clears throat> You know, it's interesting for sure. But, yeah, we keep pushing, keep pushing. Eventually somebody's going to get something, hopefully, <laughs> the way it's going. Then again, maybe no one will get anything. You never know in this crazy place. Um, but as far as reparations, I would say if it is um, paid out, I, I would hope that it's not in, you know, lump sums. Lump sums, and from this article I was reading, uh, you know, there's different aspects of it. There's not just, you know, say reparations for slavery, and that's it. No, I mean, it's they're also talking about um, the housing, you know, the housing segregation and all kind of things. So it, it's it's a lot to be considered. It it really is. 
a lot to be considered. But as me and you have both said, where do we start? <laughs> you know, if it is ever approved, where do you start at? As far as, uh, you know, putting it out there, you know, dispersing it. That's the word I'm looking for. Where do you go disp- to disperse it? You know, what process does it take? We don't know. We don't know. We can only wonder. But now we talk. We gone from talking about risk reparations to the first Syrians leave for the United States under the surge resettlement program. Now, see, now we we already talking about. There's a group of people they are that is agreed that need you know money for slavery, but yet you got Syrians coming over now, okay, um, to be resettled in the United States. They get they're given some place to live, right? They're given a job, <laughs> but you got people here uh, you know don't have a job, struggling, homeless, and you're not doing anything for them. Um, Since October, 1,000 Syrian refugees have moved to the U.S. from Jordan, um, and the target is 10,000 by September the 30th to be settled in the United States. You know, and and here's the thing: you know, the the vetting process that that's supposed to have uh, taken 24 months. Well, they sped it up now to where they they're vetting them within three months and getting them here in the United States. You know, <laughs> you know, I'm not, I, I'm, I'm really not understanding this right here. You know, I, you got so many homeless people, hungry people, people without jobs, but you can bring a family from overseas and give them a job, get them somewhere to stay, and they gonna live happily ever after, right? Is it me, Freddie, or is something wrong with that? Uh, uh, there's a lot of things wrong with that because there's been how many times have how many times have we been like, oh oh wait we messed up. Um, here Japanese, here's some money. Here Italians, here's some money. Uh, mm-hmm. Syrians, here's some money. Jews, here's some money. Um, hell, I mean heck, um, uh, even some of the some of the Mexican immigrants lay up here's some money. Give you the go But in these all groups that we have. And I, I, I'm not going to say we, because ah. black people were not in included in the. We did not participate. We did not consciously, in our right minds, participate in all these ethnic groups' discrimination, uh, economic deprivation. We were on their side of the camp, getting the economic deprivation. So, it's like, hey, uh, what about me? It's like you've been being owed me, you know. So it's like they get it, they get it, they get it, they get it. But what about us? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'm like, okay, <laughs> okay. I'm gonna have to start hitting up UK or France and be like, those Caribbean brothers and sisters, be like, where's our money? Because they still collect those raw materials to this day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The guy's name is Ahmed Al Abad. And he's been resettled with his wife and five children. Five children. And he made this comment that, I'm happy. America is the country of freedom and democracy. There are job opportunities. There is good education. And we are looking forward to having a good life over there. (laughs) I am ready to integrate 
in the U.S. and start a new life, he told the Associated Press. <sighs> so, once again, and like I said, he's just one of, what, a thousand that already have been moved to the United States from Jordan? Of course, they're doing it so secretly, and I, I, I see why they're doing it so secretly now. But, you know, this is just wrong. I understand y'all talking about, yeah, we got to help, whatever. You know, there's too many of us walking around here without jobs. Uh, those that want jobs, I guess I guess I need to clarify that. <laughs> because there's some folk around here that I don't. That, that, but anyway, um, but this is this is just wrong, man. This this is wrong. This is wrong. You know, America is a country job. There are job opportunities. That I mean, I guess looking from where he's coming from, it, it is. But you have jokers out here with PhDs, masters that, that don't have jobs. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> but you can come over here, get settled. The government gonna get you a job, give you somewhere to stay. And you're good to go. You're good to go. You know, I, I just, it's something. Yeah, you know, it's something wrong. We got to take care of our own. That's something we very. It seems like we're not doing anymore. Take care of our own. But then again, then again, there's more to it than we probably know. You know, they always have something going on that we don't know about, right? Right. <laughs> But anyway, so that's it with that. Um, we'll see how that works out. Like I said, the target is to bring 10,000 more Syrian refugees over by September the 30th and get them settled into the United States. A target of 10,000. Golly. But that's a lot. That's a lot. The question is where are they going to put them at? Where are they going to put them at? We don't know. Well, he's going to Kansas City, Missouri. So if you're in Kansas City, Missouri, hey, look out. He's coming. He may be your neighbor. May be your neighbor. <laughs> That's all I got to say about that. Um, Man, I see guest 1441. Thank you for joining us. 953-972-981 and 985. Of course, the one in the house as well. Thank you all for dropping by. All right, so. Remember a couple of months ago, I told y'all about Kentucky um, Judge Ola Stevens, who dismissed juries because he felt it did not properly represent the community, because he kept getting all white juries for black defendants. Well, the Kentucky G Chief Justice has removed him from handling a cr criminal trial. Yeah, this is this this is interesting here for sure. Um, November the 18th, he found it troublesome after a 13-member jury tr was chosen for a theft trial, ended up with no black jurors, and dismissed the panel at the request of a defense uh, attorney. Now, what's going on is they're trying to have him, how can I put it, fired. <laughs> you know, because they're saying, wait a minute, you cannot be dismiss dismissing juries because there's no black people. You know, of course, what he's saying is, look, this is a black defendant. He's supposed to be judged by a jury of his peers. If they're all white, they are not his peers. 
does he have a, a, a valid place to land, I mean, leg to stand on with this? I think he does. I think that if more judges did that, I think <laughs> I think maybe, just maybe, nah, I ain't going to go there. But in this case, I think he's right. But he is in Kentucky as well. <laughs> that ain't helping none. Um, yeah. So this is, is, is one of those cases where he is really, really, really um, battling against the state. Because the state Supreme Court, um, the the prosecutor has asked to decide whether he has the authority, as I said, to dismiss the juries. Um, but they also, they have a little thing going on between him and, and the prosecutor, Tom Wine, um, because Judge Stevens on Facebook said he was a racist. <laughs> and he wants all white juries. So, you know, they got this thing going back and forth. But this has been going on for some time now um, about, about this situation here. And I really think he has a good point. He he really does. I think he's in the wrong state to be trying to make it, but he has a very good point as far as, yeah. Um, and to top it off, the state judicial committee, Conduct Commission is also investigating the Judge Stevens um, for, as I said, insinuating on Facebook that wine is racist and wanted all white juries. So, you know, he's not only just saying, look, the community is not being represented, you know, in these juries, but the prosecutor, you know, he wants all white juries, and he, he that's all he wants. Now, I, I thought about that, too, and the way they choose jury you know, you say, yeah, no, yeah, no, no, no. And what are the what is the defense deter- attorneys doing? <laughs> you, can, you understand what I'm saying? What are they doing? You know, it's like they're just going along with with the case as well. I don't understand that. We already know the majority of the the, the defendants are black. You remind you of of um, the Western days. <laughs> when they get rid of hanging somebody and they're, you know, all of them friends they in there talking. Yeah, this is just crazy. Okay. But anyway, moving right along. Anytime y'all want to jump in, y'all can jump in. Hey, 347-838-8622. If not, I got more to talk about. <laughs> I always keep more to talk about. President Vladimir Putin. Y'all know him. He's the president of Russia. And and the Panama Papers. Putin has said, and he is making it known, that the allegations against him made in the Panama Papers, him being linked to all these people, are just a part of the U.S.-led disinformation campaign waged against Russia in order to weaken its government. They are trying to destabilize us from within in order to make us more compliant yeah, don't that sound that sounds kind of familiar, doesn't it? Documents show how complex offshore financial deals channeled as much as two billion dollars to a network of people linked to the Russian president. Putin went on to say Western media pushed the claims of his involvement in offshore businesses, even though his name didn't feature in any of the documents leaked. The U.S. is concerned about Russia's growing economic and military might. Okay. Now, 
<laughs> you know, I think Putin may be on to something here. I, I really do. Because the United States is not happy that he's supporting Assad over there in, in Syria. They're not happy about it at all. And uh, I was looking at uh, the news that was yesterday, and now there's something going on with Saudi Arabia. Now, why would the United States go and bother Saudi Arabia? That's easy. Because Saudi Arabia said they are not raising any more fuel. They're not raising the price of better, um a barrel for oil. They're leaving it as is. They're not pumping any more. They're not pumping any less. You know, now, you come back on this side of the water, especially when you're talking about oil, you must remember that once the price of oil went down in the United States, the oil companies started claiming that they were losing big money. Big, 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 big money. So, like we always say on the show, follow the money, and the money will lead you to whatever. And here it is. So now the United States say, okay, we're going to make something happen here. So I, I can, I, I sure can believe all of it. I can believe it all. Because y'all know, y'all know we do these things. We've been trying to get Assad out of Syria forever. And Russia went in and helped him. <laughs> you know, Russia went in and helped him, his forces. <laughs> Which made it a, a really interesting dance, to say the least. A very interesting dance. Um, so, and we know Putin Putin really doesn't pull any, any punches as far as um, when he tells, when he say things. He just tells it like it is. He really don't, don't care. And I really believe that he has some valid validation, validity in what he's saying. Of course, the United States denied denied it. Mr. Smith always going to deny it <laughs> till it comes out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's what it was with Saudi Arabia. Um, a report came out on the 9-11, on the 9-11 attacks. And now they're trying to say that um, Saudi Arabia has some link to the 9/11 attack, the, the um, as far as training the the, uh, the people who flew the planes, supposedly flew the planes into the buildings and things of that nature. Now here we are in 2016. Now all of a sudden these papers come out, and it's like 28 pages, and all of a sudden now you want to implement um, Saudi Arabia. But wait a minute, hold up. Why is that news? Aren't, didn't we know that Bin Laden <laughs> was Saudi Arabia? Really? They allowed him to fly out? So why all of a sudden you're going to say you're trying to implement Saudi Arabia? Once again, as I said before, it goes back to the oil. It goes back to the oil. You know, let's cause, you know, make them think we got something on them and you know, we can raise the price, they'll raise the price of barrel, start pumping more, and, and we'll be good. You know, it's it's a nasty little game that, that politicians play. It really is a very nasty game. And the, the thing about that is the normal American citizen has no idea, has no idea. Now, you will see that on the news. Say, see, I knew it. I knew it. I knew they had something to do with it. No, no. 
What you have to remember is they're in bed together. They're in bed together. And when one decides they want to get out the bed, then that's when the mighty Mr. Smith says, whoa, 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 whoa. This is not going to happen. Either you play by our rules or you got to go. Hence, Gaddafi, Saddam, they tried to do it to Assad, but Assad said, you crazy. It's not even happening like that. <laughs> oh, hey, I'm just telling you where it leads you. It leads you. So, when you see things like this on the programming, propaganda programming, make sure you, you really are looking into it. You know, 9-11. 9-11. The biggest fraud there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know people lost their lives. Okay, I understand that. But it didn't... Um, Break uh, come out as people said it did. Okay, it didn't go down the way it seemed to be on the program propaganda programming. It didn't go down that way. It didn't. It didn't. You know, another thing people notice: if the plane flew into the Pentagon, right? Why did you see where the wings went in? You know, it was just a hole. It didn't see nothing with no wings. And you ain't see no <laughs> passports. You still can read passports. Really? No, y'all. That, that's not right. If you watch the, the video real slow, the plane going into one of the buildings, you can see the flash before the plane even hit the building. Huh. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Just little things like that. Just little things like that. But that's that's the world we live in, right? So, and going back to the to the, to the um, Putin and and the Saudi Arabia, yeah, you know when you start um, bucking a little bit, you know how a horse get the bucking and like no no no, yeah, Mister Smith be like, oh we got you, we got you, you know because they're always compiling something on somebody. They probably got something on all us. We just don't know it yet, but it is there. It's there. It's all right. It's all right. Speaking of trying to force people to do things, the Justice Department has filed a separate, another legal argument to try and force Apple to unlock an iPhone that's leaked to a drug conspiracy case in New York City. <sighs> now, <laughs> we just went through this with the other phone. And they had a third party, as they call it, a third party, um, come in and um, get into that phone. But apparently the third party can't do this this one because the method only works on a narrow slice of iPhones. So the DOJ is trying to make Apple do it again. They unlock the phone for them. And like I've said before, and i say it again, if Apple goes ahead and does it, then, ooh, ooh, that's bad. That's a bad thing because that sets a precedent, and once you get that precedent there, you can't stop it from there. So hopefully Apple is going to go ahead and maintain and say, nope, we're not doing it. I don't care. I don't care. We're not doing it. You can't make us. 
So we're not doing it. Hey, use your third party you used before. <laughs> use them. Yeah, use them. But anyway, so that is what's going on. And Apple is really, I, I, I have to applaud Apple because they're really standing by the guns right now. That's a good thing. That is a very good thing. They are standing by their guns. And we, I wish more of us did that. I really did. Do I wish more of us did that. Um, let's see what else we got for you today. <laughs> oh, there's a black HBCU in Chicago, Chicago State, Chicago State, and university. It's a 150-year-old, predominantly African-American school on the city's far south side. And since last July, the universities have received zero dollars from the state. Though it relies on Illinois for 30% of its $105 million budget. Um, basically, what's going to happen, if they don't receive any, any help by April the 30th, they're going to have to close. They're going to have to close the school down. You know? And this is a school that, what, has as many 4,500 students. And the vast majority are black or um, low-income backgrounds. You know, that's that's a shame. That that is just a shame. And, you know, this is one of the few, few schools. Few school schools. I don't know what's wrong with me. What I'm saying, um, to where you can go for ten thousand dollars a year and get an education. Ten thousand dollars a year. You know, and close to eighty five percent of the students qualify for Pell grants. So, you know, but the thing is, they're running out of money. They're running out of money, and that's a sad thing. That's a sad thing because we need to keep our schools open. You know, everybody cannot afford to go to University of Illinois, Indiana, all those big schools. You know, the local schools are, are, are a good alternative. And to read this is just terrible. Terrible. They're already um, running on reserve funds just to pay the employees. <laughs> Lord have mercy. So, if you're in the Chicago area somewhere, y'all need maybe you know see what y'all can do about that. Um, and just think about all the students who's who's working on degree plans, who's gonna have to start over because a lot of colleges don't accept other colleges' um, classes and grades, which is the dumbest thing I have ever heard of. But they do, they don't. So anyway. Anyway, we're going to um, – I'm going to look into this and see what we can get do because this is very interesting. It is very sad. And there's, this is not just the only one. There are other HBCUs out there that are, that are in financial trouble. They are in financial trouble. Now, the question is who's – you know, how many of them are going to um, survive? How many of them are going to survive? <laughs> oh. So, anyway. So, that's it. 
wow, I done went through all my stuff. This is one of the few days y'all can go through all my things, and nobody but Freddie called in to talk to me. I mean, y'all must want to hear me really talk today. But okay, y'all can do that. I can do that. <laughs> Are you still with me, Freddie? <laughs> yeah, I'm here. Okay. <laughs> I was ready. For, I was ready for someone to call in or just been going there. Maze the calling they usually do. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, they're taking the day off. They they mad at me probably. They're taking the day off. It's okay. I still love them. <laughs> yeah. uh, I still love them. You want to comment on anything I've said so far? Besides, what uh, we talk about? I do want to talk. Her. I was actually experienced uh, my college shutting down. As really? You know, I'm in college. Yeah. Um, I'm not a, I, I went to this private college called Hill College, right? And mm-hmm. if you're in California, you already know what that is, but you might be familiar with its parent college, Corinthian College. Um, mm-hmm. And they they owned a few of the Hills and Wild Tech and maybe a few universities, Phoenix uh, college campuses, okay. right? They didn't own all of them, but they own a good share of them. When Corinthian fell, Heal Wild Tech and uh, a few uh, university uh, Phoenix colleges just went under, right? So right. I, I mean, I got my associate's degree from them, and I can mm-hmm. still carry transfer my credits to some other place. But my point is, it is a it is a real big bummer to watch people who are going to school and they're not even halfway finished, and now they got to go somewhere else. I would say to anyone who has to deal with that, just continue to go um, and get your credits. You know, go to a junior college maybe if you were not in your, like, your third or fourth year just so you can, like, get some of your uh, general education credit uh, classes out of the way. And then just go to a different school because as long as you went to an accredited school that has a good reputation, you should be fine. And Mm -hmm. you still get your degree. Me, I just got to do two more years and I'll get my bachelor's, and I'll be fine. You'll be fine. Okay. That's that's great. <laughs> that is great. But Ooh. some people were not so lucky. Yeah, I thought about that. Yeah. Did, did you go to yeah, uh, it, another university close to where you were, or did you have to go, like, a little ways away? Um, I actually just went off to the service, so... Oh, okay. Um, that made it yeah, easier. <laughs> so, yeah, I just, I was just like, um, never mind this retail job. I'm just going to go to, because it's a <laughs> little easier. Um, mm. But uh, I just haven't decided what college I'm going to go to to finish my my bachelor's. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'm going to tell you two of them to stay away from. I'm going to tell you three of them to stay away from. University of Phoenix. Catholic University and American Continental University. Oh, yeah. Kaplan, yeah, I heard. <laughs> you can't yeah, do Kaplan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stay, stay away from those three right there. <laughs> so, yeah. Because, yeah, they, they <laughs> yeah, they do some why bad Phoenix? things. Huh? Well, why, why Phoenix in particular? Because I usually, I've been hearing a lot about them. Phoenix is very, very expensive. Very expensive. They're one of the more expensive ones out there. Believe it or not. 
I mean, now if you if you have it like that, then go right ahead. But you know, I mm I try I try to tell you, you no, know, you know, when you go and get the same same education somewhere else cheaper, I, I can't see it. You know, mm mm. So, but yeah, they're they're very expensive, very expensive, you know. And then you have to look on top if you get student loans or what have you. With you, you probably got GI bill, so that probably help offset a little bit for you. But for the normal normal student, you know, if you just you know trying to go off Pell grants and you know you're going to end up with a student loan somewhere, and that's not going to help either <laughs> help you either. You know, and you know what? So you know what's so interesting about these schools, all of them, the so especially the so-called four-year universities. You do? Did you know they actually, the curriculum is actually set out for you to do six years. Really? Yeah, really. That's why you take. That's why you have to take courses like, um, um, what, um, rock. Exploration and things like that. You really need that, you know. That you don't need that. You need your core classes and and whatever your major classes for what you majoring in, right? All that other stuff is just to collect more money. Collect more money. Now the way to beat it is if you go if you go to school year round for the four years, year round, year round, you know. All in the summer, spring, fall, all that. Then you you meet it. But if you just go, um, you know, like regular and take the summer off, what have you, yeah, they are set up for you to do at least six years, at least, at least. That's why you have to take so many so-called electives. <laughs> yeah, electives. Yeah, and I've been told this by a couple of professors. You know, it's just it's all about the the money. You know, it's all about the flow. So once again, I'm just letting you know, as we always say, you follow the money, you know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I know I did a lot of mine online, which was great. I loved online. You know, but. When you can get to walk around on campuses and stuff, yeah, you have to really um, keep that in mind. Keep that in mind, you know. Because, <sighs> but back to the to the closing. So how how does that work though? I mean, do do the schools inform you in a specific way, or do or they just? You just hear it through the grapevine, and one day it just becomes official. Well, what had happened was it was like this. I heard about it months before. Uh so basically they were they, they were not I think it had more so Corinthian but healed suffered as well. So basically what happened was they were uh falsifying uh they, they were kind of like Flipping the books and cooking the books as far as loans, um, you know, giving the wrong type of loan, making people pay back the loan, um, uh, giving them loans that they didn't really, they couldn't really afford. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then on the thing, getting, they were kind of like amping up the numbers as far as saying how many jobs students were getting after graduation. Mm. So 
the board of the California Board of Education was like, you know what, we can't do that. <laughs> they were being they were being shut down. Either they had to sell it or shut it down. Mm. So they couldn't find a buyer, mm-hmm. and they got they got shut down. It's just no wow. it's just a bunch of empty buildings. That's it. Wow, just sitting there. Oh, yeah. Wow. Oh. <laughs> that is amazing. That is amazing. Oh. But it it sounds similar, just like um, it sounds similar, just like Chicago. But it it, it seems the, I guess because they ran out of funding, it's not similar uh-huh. to the situation with my school. Mm-hmm. Um, they just shut it down. They they, mm-hmm. they just shut it down because of some internal bad business ethics. With wow. Chicago, I it just sounds like they I, I heard they were just running out of funding. Right, right, yeah. So, but yeah. then I heard something funny the where they're trying to uh, enroll people in the summer, and 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 then they're like, "Wait, why are you trying to enroll people in new classes?" And that means you they got to pay the money for it, but you can't, um, you can't, you can't do that because you're running and you're shutting down. So, what's the deal? Right, right. You know, I, I, I'm guessing they're they're figuring, okay, something's gonna happen. Somebody's gonna come help us out. You know, um, you know, but the, as I said before, the, they are not the only ones. There's there are many HBCUs just hanging on. I mean, just barely hanging on. <laughs> you know, because of the, uh, funding cuts and things like that, and they just don't have it. They, you know, if it wasn't for the alumni, you know, they'd been be in trouble. And I guess the alumni just can't foot the bill here at um, Chicago State. You know, I, I'm interested to see why they haven't received the money from the state yet, though. You know, did they slash? You know, as far as the the, the the money that was supposed to go to them, or just took it out the budget completely, or what? <laughs> you know, that kind of makes you wonder, really. Well, since it's a state college, I mean, they might just uh, have other plans for it. You know, and I can also see in the uh, I can see a little racial aspect. People like, oh, we don't, we don't want to help you out, or even that they just don't care because yeah. it doesn't fit them. It doesn't have a financially. It doesn't help stay out financially by having a college that everyone go to get degrees and there's cheap school. But once they can get a hold, I can see them getting a hold of the building, uh, tearing it down, or adding business, or adding their college to where mm. investors of the state can actually now benefit because they're putting money in it, and then. Having it renaming it a different college and then actually uh, hiking up the prices on the loans. You know what? That that's <laughs> oh wow! I never thought about that, Freddie. But you you could be absolutely right. You could be absolutely right. Wow. Mm-hmm. Or keep the same prices. It's just they're getting the money now. Right. And, and like you say, just make it a annex of of whatever university, you know, whether it's the University yeah. of Illinois or what have you. Yeah, but I can see that. I can see that happening. Mm. It's sad, but that's the business end of it, you know. <laughs> that's the business end of it, which is ah, not good. Not good. <laughs> not good at all. But it's, it's what what. 
I don't. I don't even have any words for it. I want to say it, it, it's you know just what you you have to expect in today's society. But I don't know. It's President Obama's fault. That's who fault it is. It's his fault. I don't know why it's his fault, but I'm sure it's going to be blamed on. Him. <laughs> it's going to be blamed on him for sure. And let me ask you this, Freddie. Donald Trump, you think his you think um his craziness is beginning to catch up with him? You know, that's why he's beginning to lose the the Raphael Cruz now so much. The politician um, is beginning to win. Well, I think he is winning. I mean, okay, he's obviously going to win those of the right wing and those who is saying how he really feels about cultural relations. Too many, mm-hmm. too many white people agree with him. Where's mm-hmm. the problem? I'm not saying I know all of them do not agree mm-hmm. with him. But mm-hmm. the Republicans, the conservative right wing Republicans, it, it may not be all, but the fact that enough of them will agree with him Gives him mm-hmm. fuel for her fight. His justification to say what he wants. Now that he's losing momentum, it's what I'm seeing is it's not the fact that people are offended by what he's saying. It's the fact that some of them who are closet about their views in America, mm-hmm. they're actually like, oh no, we need to distance up. It's always that because I don't, <laughs> I don't put in a good person, bad person box. Right, how much right. you're affected by um. Your bigot, your bigotry. Mm-hmm. That's just the yeah. way I see it. Because you live in America, you live in America, and right. we we can be bigoted too. But if you don't have the drive or passion to do to exercise that, like Donald does, who wants mm-hmm. to, then mm-hmm. that kind of puts us on a different plateau. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that is the draw to Donald, um, to the Trumpster. Is he just says what what um, <laughs> he just says what he want to say comes to the mind. You know, there was a, a picture actually um, on the internet where he was standing with Hillary and Bill at some function when he was a little young younger, and everybody talking about that's Photoshop. I'm like, no, that's not Photoshop. Donald Trump has donated millions of dollars to Hillary and Bill Clinton's um, campaign when they were running. He donated a whole lot to Obama's campaign, little is it known. So, you know, he's donated to the Democrats, but he's run as a Republican. He's run as a he has run as an independent. He's run as a is another party. Reform party, I think it was. He ran under at one time. So, <laughs> you know, Donald does what Donald wants to do. You know, um, you know it, it's interesting that the GOP themselves they don't they really don't want either one of those candidates to win. <laughs> okay, and, and you know I, I you know this, the look at and see the 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 length that they're going to going through to stop Donald Trump from winning. Number one is just amazing to me, and I, I sit back and I wonder, and I, I I say this all the time. I say, now look, if they're do if they're doing this to their own, what you think they do to you? 
You know, so you have to take take a take a, a moment and step back and look at this and be like, wow, you know, wow. Now let's remember Donald Trump is a businessman, so all of them have gone to him and for some money, and he's helped them with some money here and there. So you know, it's not like they are strangers. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, but if you see, you know, they they attack their own just like that. You know, reparations. You see why the bill gets killed every year? <laughs> if they're attacking their own like this, we what chance do we have? What chance do we have? You know, that's that's just uh, a little something that I I, I um, look at when I when I start looking at this picture. And Hillary, did you see? Did you see Hillary this weekend? What what was she doing? She in the black churches. Where is she at in the black churches? Up in the pulpit. Uh, oh no! <laughs> once again, once again. The photo opportunity of I'm up in a black pool pit. Yeah. But see, here's the thing. Sorry, go ahead. No, well, go ahead. I can always come back to mind. Nothing important. But go ahead. What issue you have? Okay, you say anything with Donald and Hillary being up in the church, not my issue. Now, not, now I don't, and I know you. Are you still there? Freddie? Okay, well, he's having a little technical issue. So, while he, I'm waiting on him to come back. Um, you know, church is supposed to be uh, 503C, you know, tax itself, which means that, um, you know, they're not supposed to be um, doing any politics. Ticking. Number one, I have a problem with it because number one, you up in my pulpit. Number two, I got a problem with it because where are you the rest of the time? <laughs> you know, where are you the rest of the time? Don't you know? Don't come wait till you running for office and come and say, "Come on, I need your vote." No, you don't need my vote. You didn't need it. You didn't vote do anything I wanted you to do, but now you want me to come vote for you? No, 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 no. And I'm upset with the ministers up there because the ministers could have shut that down real fast. Instead of kowtowing and smiling and giggling, you know, no. I don't care who it is. That's wrong. That is just wrong. You back, Freddie? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Yeah, you good. Go ahead and say what you were going to say because I, I don't know we broke up. Okay. What I was trying to say was, my issue when when politicians, I don't, black or white, they usually the white when they come over, but when they try to come to our the church crowd, you, you notice Hillary. I heard Hillary, the young, the 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 twenty something year olds were really clowning Hillary. That's why she went to the older church crowd. I really get mad at the older church crowd. Fifty, I'm in, I'm in energy, but the ones who still believe in like. Turn a blind eye, hope, love thy enemy, turn the cheek. That that type of Christian, I, I have issues with them because they don't think practical. As you're not be the one, they're not the ones. They must have forgotten because they're the ones who took a lot of beatings and being uh, beat up in the south long time, and maybe it's not happening anymore. But now that we're, it's happening to us, maybe not me. 
but a lot of people that I probably ran across were like, no, have you forgotten what it was like to just be black and be hurt? Because right now we're under a spell thinking that every time we do something it's because we didn't comply with the rules of society. Mm -hmm. So, no. (laughs) You know what, Freddie? You hit it right on the head. And and I, I agree with you. I really do. And I think I said it before when I was talking about um, one of Trump's um, um, rallies where the white guy came out and hit the black guy, you know. <laughs> and I, I think I said it right there. No, there's no turning the other cheek. <laughs> no, no, those days are over with, you know. Uh, when you look at the older generation, um, you have to understand that the, when they were coming up, they, that that was what you were supposed to do, you know. Uh, turn the other cheek, you know, nonviolence, what have you, you know, you know, um, their condition, that's a good word to say, their condition to do that. Now, you take my generation and your generation and, you know, some of the younger generations, those days are over with. <laughs> you know, those days are over with. You know, we demand ours just like they demand theirs. Of course, um, um, we're more outspoken now, you know, but I don't, I don't do the turn the other cheek thing. No, 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 no. I really don't. Um, but, you know, the, I think I've said this on the show before. You know, the, you have to understand the mentality that they came up in. You're talking years and years and years and years of, you know, the same old thing. Their parents worshiped this way, believed this. That's the way they came up. That's the way they, the next group came up. That's the way the next group came up, right? That's the way I came up. But, see, here's the difference with that is, as I started coming up, I started paying attention and reading and understanding, and my points, my, my points of view um, changed because then I was beginning to deprogram, basically deprogram myself from what I had been programmed all my life. And so when you, when you start talking about the older generation, yeah, you, you you have to take a look at that. Don't get me wrong. They have plenty of knowledge for you. They really do. But, you know, as far as that turn of the cheek and no, no, no. I think me and Michigan had said it one time before. You know, it, it's amazing how politicians around election times come and pimp the black community. You know, and that was a prime example right there with Hillary and Bill in black churches. In Jamaica, Queens, really? Jamaica Queens. <laughs> you know. Queens? Yeah. I oh, mean, wow. they, yeah. So, yeah, they should have run them out. Because, they, and it's funny, they never go, they always go to the South. Now, mm-hmm. they can't come down to the West Coast and talk to the 30s, 20 some year old, maybe even a, even a 40 or 50 year old black crowd and be like, and, and try that because with, I mean West Coast is eh, we're we're, more, we're a little bit more conscious on that. They don't really try to go all the way to the East Coast because they're the most conscious people. It's really grilling about issues. Um, yeah. Because because if you remember, there was this clip I saw on um, the Tariq Ali show. They were talking about how they were kind of calling out Bill Clinton for his little his little involvement in the prison industrial complex and the mm-hmm. legislation and that. And they're like. Hey, um, why did you do this? Like, can you mention that? Can you, can you, can you, can you, 
can you speak on that for a minute? And they would not let mm-hmm. him. They wouldn't let him speak. I forget what the clip <laughs> is. I might send it to you, but basically they know who to not come to and who to come to. Mm. Lord. You know, <laughs> yeah, you're right. They, they, they really do. Um, there was a, a charter school. I think it was in New York. Yeah, it was in New York that um, Ted Cruz was supposed to speak at. I mean, this is a very prestigious, you know, high, um, high charter school. And the students got together and wrote a letter to the principal saying, um, if Ted Cruz comes and speak, then we will not be here that day. <laughs> they say, we, we're willing to take whatever consequences it, but we will not be here. You know what the school did? They called Ted Cruz cool and said, um, no, you can't come speak here. And I, I applauded that. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> you know, but the black church, you know, that's, that's you know, and, and I, I'm not knocking black church. I grew up, you know, with ministers and things like that. But yeah, it, it's, it's such a, a Oh man, I don't know the word to use right now. Um, sometimes you can say they just—you want to say naive, but they're not naive. They just don't know any better. <laughs> I guess that you know don't know any better. Or, or as you say, banks—they become banks. You know, somebody throws some money your way. Yeah, you come speak. You know what I mean? Everybody happy and smiling. Yeah, right. But let me bring Michigan into the conversation. <laughs> All right, Mr. Michigan, what's going on, man? Hey, man, I'm about to, I feel I'm about to come back and uh, uh, teach a, a class on uh, black politics for dummies again, huh? Understanding black uh-huh. politics for dummies. Hey, the huh. black church is a business, period. Nah. Mm. It's a business. That's it. That's it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> we got a <laughs> you got a shelf for the deck. It's a business. Mm. Well, I think you may have a point. I guess you may have a point there. You may have a point. Depends on what which one you go to. <laughs> but yeah. Well, they they are they all are they all are businesses. Some of them are bigger than the others. Just like a, a corner liquor store. Um uh-huh. Some of them are a little bigger than others, you know. It's no, no different. No different. But I heard you guys talking about reparations earlier, and uh, yeah, that certainly is a way to to figure that out. Um, and uh, you know, and I, I think I heard you say it. it doesn't really have to be money. You know, it could be in the form of a. Uh, I get a couple of things. One, uh, it could be in the form of uh, blacks not paying any uh, state and federal taxes. Uh, for a period of time, yeah. Um, free admission into your free admission into uh, secondary education. Um, uh, free passports to uh, move in and out of uh, the United States and around the world. Okay, that's so, not gonna happen. <laughs> huh? I said, you know, that's free not gonna pass- happen. <laughs> well, that, that that's actually a that's actually a simple one, you know. Uh, uh, right now, I think a passport costs about 150 bucks. Um, so basically, you're just waiving the fee 
for uh, African Americans to obtain a passport to uh, be able to move out of the country, move in and mm-hmm. out of the country, you know, travel, travel out of the country. Right. I think okay. that's, do- that's doable. Yeah, why is that not doable? Yeah, yeah, I mean, those are some good ideas. They really are. You know, yeah, so I you know, you, you, okay, yeah, right. So you get you get the the, uh, the scary people who think you're gonna put some money in the hands of. Well, I tell you what, uh, that might even work better for the black community. I, I, that was uh, was that uh, what's his name, the comedian, <laughs> uh, Dave Chappelle, when he did that uh, parody, uh, yeah. the day that blacks got reparations. Boy, that was yeah. it was funny as hell, but it was it was true as hell. True, yeah. It said uh. Uh, the United States sold out of Cadillacs, uh, <laughs> Kentucky, <laughs> Kentucky Fried Chicken merged <laughs> with the Cadillac. <laughs> you know, oh man, I mean, cigarette stocks went up. <laughs> you know, we're laughing, but it, that's the truth, though. It's the I truth. Know it. <laughs> you know, none of it, none of it will stay in the black community past <laughs> as soon as it day in. No, none of it. No. You know, thirty thirty days it'll be out, but you yeah. you you will have black entrepreneurs uh, who will take advantage of it. But for the most part, yeah, yeah, thirty days, thirty to sixty days it'll be it'll be gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. The, the free passports, okay, I can see that. Not paying taxes, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You you would have some resistance to it, yeah. It would be some resistance yeah. to it, but I mean, yeah. it, it is, it, if America, you know, was going to do do right by black folks, I mean, right? If they were serious right, about right, it, right? right if yeah. they were serious about it, right? That'd be another mm-hmm. option, right? You know. Okay, that, that's a good points there, Michigan. Very good points. Yeah. I, I yeah. can't argue with that one. So you're gonna let Hillary come um, get in your pulpit and, and speak to your congregation? Yeah, it's gonna cost a million bucks. Yeah, really. All yeah. Uh, 
So, I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't have a problem saying it. No, sir. Well, you can't. You shouldn't be complaining if you ain't vote for nothing. You ain't gonna vote. Well, whatever. <laughs> I ain't complaining. <laughs> I'm just telling you the way it is. I'm not voting for none of them crooks. That's yeah. all. You know. Yeah. No, normally, when you when you're talking about the um, the, the politics at the federal level, you, I mean, you're talking about the big dogs. You're talking about billions of dollars. You know, those agenda items there. Those are national. That's the national playing stage. When you figure with blacks, I mean, hell, we don't have a local agenda. So, you know, what makes us think we're ready to play on the national stage? Trump, Trump told it when he was complaining the other day. He said, "How do nobody vote, but he get all the delegates?" You know what I mean? <laughs> How does that oh, work? Yeah. <laughs> he said, it's crooked. He even said, it's crooked. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's crooked. And I mean, it, it is. It's, and then you got the super delegates, you know, the, the ones with the money. You know, they're like, come on. Come on now. <laughs> you know, they you know, yeah, ultimately, man, uh, ultimately, man, America is nothing but a business. I mean, and and, and Donald Trump, yeah. he represents. I mean, he's like the poster. Well, he's like the poster yeah. child for what America is. It's business. That's yeah, it. No, well, as my dear sister Angoni says, who I love very much, it's a corporation. You're right. <laughs> it's a corporation. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, and that's how they playing the game. And I think that's where that's we fall short at. You know, because many of us don't realize that. <laughs> you know, we still under the belief that this is a country, a nation. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, Lord. But, hey, but that's the, yeah, them that's your the, people. So, so, your, them your so, people. See, you went with the Obama phone <laughs> talking about <my> people. <laughs> <laughs> no, you mess with me. Yeah, I know what time it is. But before we go, 
Just remember, keep smiling, show appreciation, forgive with open heart. Make sure you're giving yourself first. And the biggest and best thing, learn to laugh at yourself. You can laugh at yourself. Everything else is gravy. Um, don't forget, I'll be here Friday. Um, look, y'all, I intend to come on Friday, okay? I'll be here on Fridays. But when certain things pop up at the last moment, I don't have a co-host to take the show. So I, there will be no show, okay? So I'm just letting you know. <laughs> All right, but anyway, till Friday, man. Y'all have a good one. He will take y'all out of here with them Isley Brothers and Caravan of Love. See y'all Friday. Y'all have a good week.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.